Hello all and welcome to the 91st edition of On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that can actually call off the year two weeks early. How about that? I'm Michael Bailey. I cover the Canaries for The Athletic and I hope this finds you safe and well. On the way. Well, that was sick. Festive balls of crystal and 2021, where triumph and disaster met again. We'll work through all that and more with our guests this fine evening. They are Norwich number one chief at NCFC Numbers, also known as our very own Steve Sanders. Good evening, Michael. We've also got former Norwich winger, academy coach, bona fide club legend and friend of the podcast. I hope he doesn't mind me saying that. Darren Huckabee. Merry Christmas. Oh, it's Santa Huck. Here for us all. Uh, and finally, but by no means leastly, that's not a word, City fan and official lawyer of the podcast. It is also, of course, season digger holder, Suzanne George. Hello, Suzanne. Susanna, even. Susanna. What, is, what a good start. Hello, Susanna. Hiya. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Uh, well, I'm glad I got your name right in the end. That's a great start, <laughs> isn't it? I'm so sorry about that. Um, thanks for joining us, everyone. A- anyone would think that uh, we-, we need to uh, wrap up for the year, but we will carry on going. Uh, Steve, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing very well, Michael. How are you? Uh, all right. Thank you. A bit fra- frazzled around the edges, um, but we're, we're okay. We're keeping on going. have a game to cover for a week, though, have you? So, uh, well, you maybe know. that's why. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's yeah, the thing that keeps so me going. you're so on it all the time. You're like a shark. If you stop moving, then you, you, know, you can't operate properly. Just drown yes indeed I, um, your like. tree <laughs> your your trees are looking resplendent yeah with the lights that definitely aren't blue i just want to confirm that early on before anyone comments on them they look blue they're not actually blue so they do yeah. look blue it's okay yeah. we'll let you off um uh, listeners will li- listeners can't see it anyway which is which is may- maybe lucky for them uh, uh darren you, <laughs> you, came, <laughs> Hux, you came in with the uh, with the happy christmas i mean um is, is your tree in a different room yeah, I've been uh, kicked into the living room, so uh, it's back that way towards the kitchen. And Mrs. Ox is wrapping presents, apparently. So you've done me a favour. You've done me a favour getting me on oh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's, I wondered why you said yes, so that's good. How are you? Yeah, very well, yeah. As well as can be expected in these uh, crazy times, two years on. Yes, crazy, crazy times of 24 months worth, pretty much. But there we go. We, we carry on. Thanks for saying yes and coming on. Uh, Susanna, I am so dreadfully sorry I got your name wrong earlier. Um, it's written down, right? And I know exactly what your name is. So please put it down to, put it down to my, own, my own brain malfunction. You have a delightful tree in the background. We, you know, this is the third. We, that, that way. We've got, we've got three. We've got three. We've got three in this house. So this wow. is this is one of them. Yeah, my mum likes Christmas. So we've got we've got a, there's, a, there's another one in the sitting room, one in the dining room, and this is the study. So got a third one. <laughs> That's fantastic. Is uh, well, with the one behind you with that rank in size and uh, and you know Christmasiness? Would it be sort of third, second, top? I mean, I, I don't think you put it top because the one in the the, the dining room's got Norwich City baubles on it. So maybe maybe that's the the key one, but there's no there's no internet in there, so um, I would have had that in the background otherwise. Swing swing some roundabouts. Well, uh, as long as you guys enjoy it for Christmas, that is of course the, the most important thing. So it looks wonderful. Um, 
Thanks for joining us all. Thanks for everyone out there for joining us. Hope you enjoy listening to this. Uh, this is the last podcast of 2021. It has been a blast of a year. We've changed a lot of things over the course of the year. We've gone live with video. Uh, we were even under the threat of stopping altogether at one point, but we wanted to carry on. I hope it's all been worth it for everyone, and I hope you've enjoyed it. We will be back next year, of course. Um, now, I'm sure we're all feeling a bit at the moment um, in terms of everything that's been going on. So what I say is for the next 40 minutes or so, let's throw ourselves under the podcast bus and enjoy it. So in that case, and with that spirit going forward, uh, let us crack on. Um, the headline act may sting, may still be a bit loud. Let's crack on with this week's headline act. Which much like um, which much like two weeks ago uh, or a week ago is it's kind of a catch up on games um, that happened a really long time ago or at least it feels it. Of course, the West Ham game on Saturday was called off uh, due to Norwich's COVID situation. Um, I think for them, on top of uh, a lot of illness in the squad and also the injuries, I think at one point Norwich had. Uh, fewer than nine players training so you can't really play a football match uh, you can't really have a training session i'd imagine or uh, i'm sure hux has found a way to have a training session with eight players uh, but it's probably not ideal um so the only real action we have to talk about uh, essentially right now is the aston villa game now the thing for me steve that, that got me um i was watching that game thinking you know this is rubbish Surely it was always going to be rubbish because Sam Byram is playing as a holding midfielder and he's only played 70 minutes for the under-23s in two years and no one else is fit. Um, but then everyone else sort of felt, no, no, this is really bad. We're really worried. And Dean Smith came out and said, "It's no, it's not good enough. And do we sometimes get caught up in trying not to make excuses when ultimately that was kind of the reason or, or were Norwich due the criticism they got for losing 2-0 home to Villa and the way they played? I'm kind of in your camp, really. I, 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 I felt sorry for some of the players out there. I felt a bit sorry for Dean Smith. Uh, that was nowhere near our first team, our first lineup that we would have picked. Um, I was thinking of the team, actually, and basically anyone who we spent any money on in the summer was out, either through injury or through COVID or illness or whatever. Um, I think they had Gilmore and Williams, the loan signings, and everyone else was with us last season. So you're basically looking at the team that came up from the championship, minus obviously some key players who we know about, one of whom was on the other on the uh, other side. So, I mean, uh, there was a massive gulf between the two teams. I actually thought Villa were really good as well. Um, you know, I talk about you know we've we've talked about the hype around um, Billy Gilmore, but I think he's got a long way to go to be as good as John McGinn who obviously is a Scotland team. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, and uh, arguably they're better than Manchester United. And I think there was just a golf. I, I suppose it was that the Southampton game and the way that panned out with us being so much worse in the first half and yet still coming away with three points kind of gave you the, the hope that maybe they could conjure something up in the second half. But like you say, Sam Byram playing in midfield for the first time out of position, first game he's played in two years. Uh, Sorensen having to go back, you know, midfielder at centre half, and then some other real bit part players. You know, you've got to remember that Poheta uh, hadn't really played any football until the Manchester United game. I think he came in uh, this season, um, and they had nothing to call from on the bench as well. So, yeah, I I think it's just one of those where they had a huge amount of misfortune and came up against a good team. There was only ever going to be one outcome, really. How did you see it, Hux? I'm probably going to be a bit more critical than, than he was there, to be honest with you. Uh, there's still players in that team who'd expect to show a lot better than they did. 
you know, I, I felt really the only Pookie came out of it with any credit. You know, as an attacking, as an attacking force, we, we didn't do anything at all. You know, Tom, Tom Cowell would be really disappointed. Gilmore would be disappointed. I, I know it's difficult when you've got Sam Barron coming on centre midfield, but he didn't have to put him centre midfield. He could have... He you know, could have put Sorensen in the midfield. He could have put Sussan back. Because other things he could have done. I just think because we did quite well against Man United, I think people were expecting a lot more against Villa. Because it was a game really we had to get some points out of, especially at home. And like I say, against Man United we did okay, but the vast majority of teams in the Premier League would have beat Man United the way Man United played that day. So we've got to put a little bit in perspective, and it was a. There's a big chance for some of them players against Villa to really stake a claim for the for for a petition until people are fit. You know, Todd Campwell, Paquetta a little bit, Gilmore. You know, the probably the manager left that scratching his head, thinking, right then we've got probably big issues now. So it's really this disappointing this performance from my from my point of view. I suppose the problem, Susanna, is that Norwich don't score many goals. I mean it. It's like really, like really, not many goals now, and uh, I guess that that makes such an issue of any kind of performance at the moment. I think it's you're probably better off scoring a lot and conceding a lot. Really, I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? At least it's more entertaining that way. Yeah, I think I was going back to look at who had actually scored in the Premier League this season. Apart from Pookie, it was Omabamadeli, Hanley, and Norman, and two of those are defenders, and that's not that's not ideal, is it? <laughs> <laughs> you've got two defenders on you you know the, the four players that have scored the most in, the, in this Premier League season have got two defenders up there that, there's something gone horribly wrong there um, you know when you look back it's just it's not it's not, not great and I was looking back at sort of the championship and that was sort of obviously the, the last few games of 2021 and obviously you have Pukki's obviously top goal scorer then you have Emmy, then you've got Campwell and Dow sort of Next, and that's before, then. Then you get down to sort of your midfielders and your defenders coming onto the score sheet. But the fact that we've got, you know, just Pookie and then everyone and then Norman, other Mamadeli and Hanley have got one each. It's not, yeah, it's it's not not working, is it? Something's wrong. Something. Some, well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> and Dean, Dean Smith has said it that he wants the goals shared around. I mean, we had a Grant Hanley winner in his first game in charge, Steve. But I suppose it is the midfield, really, isn't it? It's that sort of void of. Well, I don't think many of them create chances, never mind scoring them. Well, yeah, and like, I mean, Susanna's already made the point, really, but uh, if you take Puki out of the team that we had, the entire squad that we had, uh, none of them have scored a goal this season. And um, I was having a look at the fewest goals scored in a season, Premier League season, as I want to do at this point. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it's 20. And we have eight after, is it 16 games? Seven, 17. So, 17. So we're on for about 18, basically, if, we, if it carries on at the current rate. So we are on to be the worst scoring team in Premier League history, which is not a brilliant accolade to have, really. <laughs> um, I think, I mean, you know, I've said I'm not going to be too critical now. Maybe I am here about to be critical. Um, I think, actually, we kind of, in a weird way, miss Josh Sargent. Maybe it's one of those cases of a player being better when they didn't play. But... Um, I mean, I, I don't know what's up with Todd and I don't want to be too critical because it might be a fitness thing or there might be other stuff going on, but he, he can't press like the way that Dean Smith needs him to press. And that is a real problem because he is somebody who can chip in with goals. We've seen him do it at Premier League level. But at the moment, you can't play him in this team because he doesn't have the level of intensity that Dean Smith needs him to. And the only other half we've seen him play in really was the Southampton game. And we took him off and or Smith took him off and brought Sargent on. Um, 
and immediately we were better. And I kind of think that, yes, we're missing the chances when Sargent's on the pitch and then all his fault, obviously, but we're not even getting them when Campwell's on. And I think that's that's a real problem. And obviously what we need is a player that can do both. And clearly we don't have that. So um, I, don't, I don't have any answers, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I think the, key, the key is to smile and laugh while we deliver these things. That's like, all I can that's do. That's the key. Yeah. Just do no, it. No, the, the thing is, it's been that bad that you can't even like sugarcoat it, can you? If we're no, no, no. It. Well, I mean, <laughs> Huck, Hux, you've actually played proper football and you've actually coached a team once. So you look at this Norwich team. What, what, how would you improve them being able to score goals? Like that, that... That's what Dean Smith's trying to do. How do they score more goals without, you know, buying more players who could do it? The problem you've got is the... If Puki gets chances, I think he'll score enough goals to, for him to have a good season in the Premier League. Take every other attacking player. So far, they haven't shown they are Premier League quality. They haven't. Even I'm chucking even Rashidra in that because... And everyone said, oh, if he played well the last two couple of games before he got injured, but he's got one assist and no goals in 15 games. That's not good enough. It, it, you can sugarcoat it all you want. So far, at this present time, from what we've seen, there is only Pookie that would probably get in any other Premier League team. And it's in, a, in a, an attacking way. I thought Norman's done okay in certain games. But is he only looked okay because everyone else looks so bad? It's hard to tell. It's really hard to tell because we, we don't consistently put teams on the back foot. Other teams must love playing against us because basically they know that eventually they're going to score a goal. Because Norwich can't just defend for 90 minutes and not the other team not be on the back foot. I know we've done a couple okay against a couple of teams and created a couple of chances, but realistically, how many clear-cut chances have we created in 17 games? Four or five? Six, maybe, in 17 games, which isn't good enough. And we've, it's not like we've tried to go on a cheap and bought League One players, League Two players. We've actually spent a fair bit of money for Norwich City. And so far, they haven't produced the goods. Will they go on to? Honestly, I don't know. But from what we've seen, they need to do a lot more in attacking areas. They've got to. Also, we've got no chance. Let's be, let's be pretty honest. If we don't start scoring some goals from somewhere... We might as well pack up now. <laughs> that is so true. I mean, the, the the irony being, of course, that the only season in recent memory Norwich survived. In fact, well, the only the only season they they have survived immediately after being promoted to the Premier League, isn't it? Uh, in two thousand and twelve, eleven, twelve. Yeah. The no. only survival season. I'm trying to get the words out. Yeah. Um, you know, involved two signings directly from League One in uh, Anthony Pilkington. And Elliot Bennett. Well, and, and also that season, um, as well as the season under Hewton, we had other players chipping in with goals, didn't we? I mean, Grant Holt got a few in both of those seasons, but the, the point was that he was backed up by Pilkington, Houlihan, Snodgrass, all midfielders who who had an eye for goal. Um, and, you know, that that has been a huge miss. Actually, it was to an extent last time as well. Campwell chipped in with a few, but again, Puka didn't have a bad goal-scoring season two years nope. ago. Um, but it's just no, nobody else nobody else helped him out but actually two years ago I felt like we were creating the chances and we weren't we weren't scoring them this this year as Huck says we're not even really getting them we had the, the one moment that's kind of summed it up really was the Kenny McLean miss kind of at the start of the second half which was our only really presentable chance in that game which was basically handed on a plate to him by I want to say maybe Ashley Young played that back pass yep um, good job. and 
you know, really presentable chance. You've got the kind that you've kind of got to take when you're in our position and off target. And Kenny knew it was a, it was a bad miss and an important one, but it just kind of summed up where we are at the moment. Like, yeah, the kind, the of, only... the kind of bigger worry there is that unless that's Puki who gets that chance, yeah, who else do you fancy scoring out of any of them? Mm. At, the, at the present time, the way the confidence is so low, who would you back in that situation? Puki. Yeah, <laughs> because, because confidence is that low that it must play on. It must be playing on the players' minds because we just don't we look like we've got no confidence going through the entire mm. attacking presence of the team. I mean, you, Hux, you must have played in a team where it felt like that. Either, I bet presumably you were the one who who could score. Maybe you were Tamu. Uh, there's, there's times when you you're going through a bit of a bad spell as a team, but you still got players in the in the squad that you. Think and create chances. I went into every game thinking that I will create four or five chances this game. Whether we'll score them or not, that's different. But I, I believe that I, I could make four or five chances for, for myself and for other teammates. And if we took them, we was going to have an off decent game. But that's why you've got Dean Ashton and people like that. Who, when they're in the team, you fancy, fancy him to score if you give him enough, create enough chances. The problem here is we've got a centre forward who will score goals, I believe. Yeah. But we are not collectively getting in the right service. Don't get me wrong, he's, took, he's missed a couple of chances when he probably should have done a bit better. But I still believe if you get Pookie enough chances in the right areas, he will get his 12, 11, 12, 13 goals a season. But unless it's spread around the team, that ain't going to be enough. Well, one thing that's worth noting, Michael, um, and as Hux is here, worth bringing up, and whether this might just be purely coincidental, but we had Hux from 2003 to 2008, I think, and then Wes from 2008, like, joined the summer Hux left through to 2018, I think, and then Emmy joined the season Wes left and has left this summer. So basically, the last 18 years, we've had three of our, you know, greatest all-time players or certainly from the last you know 20 30 years um uh, uh, kind of consecutively and this is the first year where we haven't really had anyone like that and it has kind of shown obviously we're playing a t- in a tough league at a tough level but chances have just dried up because we just don't have that creative player well we all well, that... thought that todd was going to step up didn't we mm. mm-hmm. yeah we did indeed um, that does we, we, we know he's got the ability to you know now it's up for him to show the mindset and the fitness to get back in the team and start showing everyone what he's all about because basically he's, he's basically lost half a season so far he's, he's lost half a season of football at the top level and, you know some players don't ever get that back as in get the chance to go play top level again so you know he needs to really think about and get himself in the right mindset to, to go and prove a few people wrong now because three weeks ago four weeks ago he was a missing link Todd Boss he was the one who was going to change everything and now he's got his daughters again. So it's, it's, it's up to him to show everybody that he can play at this level and be a driving force in Norwich City, at, well, in an attacking sense. Well said. Um, it does just take us on as well to Emmy Buendia's return, Susanna. He was back at Carrow Road. Um, kind of got a mixed-ish reception. I think there were some people who were intent on booing him. Yeah. Um, but generally, it was, it, was, it was not too bad. Yeah, no, I... I... It's a difficult one because obviously we, because of the, the being behind closed doors, we didn't really get to say goodbye to Emmy. Not that you get to say goodbye to players if you don't know they're sort of going, but but we didn't even get to give him a good, you know, round of applause at the end of, you know, 
the last game at Carrow Road, which was, a, what was it, Reading 4-1, um, we didn't get to sort of give them a massive round of applause then and we didn't have the promotion parade. So I think, you know, if everybody was sort of applauding him, you, you, you can't blame anybody for doing that for the game. Because I know some people have opinions of whether it should be before or after the game. But I think when we haven't been able to say goodbye and thank you properly, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Obviously, when he's on the pitch for that 90 minutes, he's completely the enemy and, you know, we all need to boo him. But actually, I, I, what I liked about... When when um, Villa scored, I, I, I noted that when it was near the Barclay, the, the Emmy refrained himself and just hung back and stayed back. And I thought that was quite respectful because I think he knew that he was in front of, you know, his what was previously his home home side. I thought that was quite quite controlled of him. Um, I think someone pointed out that he doesn't tend to celebrate goals for Villa, but he used to for Norwich. So I quite liked that he just sort of <laughs> was quite simmering. Maybe he just liked scoring for us better, but you know. <laughs> I think that's the logical assumption. Um, also, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when Norwich fans sung the chant, it sounded better, obviously. Yeah, okay. um, so, that, I mean, that, yeah, it was, it was nice seeing him back at Carrow Road to a degree as well, Steve. Fair? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know that how much I love Emmy, uh, like, even though he's even though he's gone. And he did play well, didn't he? Like, he, he, did. he, he, he kind of saw shades of what he was like for us without he's obviously a very he's going to be a different player for them they're not going to rely on him as heavily as we did he's going to have to fight for his place a lot more obviously mm-hmm. as he's in the better team um, but yeah it was it was nice to see him back albeit you know <laughs> they beat us and he was good so that, <laughs> all of that stuff wasn't yeah. great but you know. really enjoyable um, well look uh, if I may two pieces I can flag up. Um, there is a piece on some of the stuff that Shemek Poeheta had to work through to get back playing football, which is um, was quite a lot, in fact, in terms of coming back from his COVID um, illness uh, earlier in the summer. So that's on The Athletic. Likewise, a piece of pooky appreciation, I've called it, which kind of touches on the fact that he uh, he will score goals, as Mr Huckabee has said. Um and also, you know, the guy is properly up there already in terms of Norwich's all-time goal scorers. So it'll be, uh, it'll, be, it'll be nice to think that maybe he could get double figures for a second Premier League season, which would underline his own quality. And then obviously that keeps Norwich up. And, uh, and then he can uh, go on and cement even more his place in Norwich City folklore forevermore. But uh, that is not why I wrote in the piece. <laughs> it's a bit more, uh, it's a bit more um, nuanced than that. So uh, there are two pieces for you to read over at The Athletic. Uh, I think as we approach the end of the first half, we should try and maintain our concentration and bring us maybe a little bit of this. Yes, this is where the podders each get a window to bring up an issue. They're struggling to let go. Uh, If they lose themselves for more than 30 seconds, then the buzzer will sound. And it's time to let go. Maybe they could just carry on. Um, So who would like to go first with this? Susanna, would you like to have a a go first? Yeah? (laughs) Go for it. time to go. You'll be brilliant. You'll be absolutely brilliant. Um, Would you like to go about now? Okay, yeah, no. Um, my rant is about um, time wasting in the Premier League. We saw it at the Spurs game when I think it was on three occasions. The, the, the ball went into the crowd and the Spurs fans refused to give it back to the Norwich players for a significant amount of time, resulting in Todd being a ball boy at one point. And I get that they didn't like Timmy Cruel, but it wasn't always Timmy Cruel they were giving it back to. And then you saw it again at Villa, you know, when Norwich was trying to play the advantage, one of them would just drop and fall to the floor like a hedgehog in the middle of the road. And and just waste time. But what I don't understand is both teams were completely pummeling us. There was no need to do this. It wasn't a scrappy game where they were on the edge of, you know, losing or conceding a draw. 
they didn't need to do it. It was cheap and it, I just found it a bit pathetic, to be honest. Oh, yeah, I was enjoying that so much. I forgot to keep track of the time. So, <laughs> well, well done. Uh, you know, I let you go into extra time really to, to make up for it. Um, I've forgotten oh, about all the time wasting. Yeah, it's oh, brought it all back, actually. It was yeah. infuriating. Oh. <laughs> There's a lot oh. of cramp in that game. I understand, <laughs> if, if, yeah, I understand. Yeah, but I understand it if, you're, if you're, you think you're going to lose, but I don't understand it when you're 3-0 up when you're Spurs. What, what is the point? I don't understand. Game it just, just irritates me. Something that we've not got at all. <laughs> <laughs> did you used to like? Did, did you like? Used to like doing a bit of game, a bit of time, a time wasting, Hux? Not, not so much time wasting, but you play to the conditions you're playing. It, you, your job's there to get three points. So you, there's a difference between cheating and being clever with what you're doing. I think they were probably being clever more than cheating, but it's clever or being a. It's like pantomime, wasn't it? It was just. Oh. They love it. They love it. Um, Hugs, would you like to go next? Yeah, you can do that. Go on, then go for it. VAR again. <laughs> shambles the last few weeks. The weather's in the the box. Looking at different things has just been a, been a joke. Two two red cards yesterday that probably should have been given. Uh, the handball against for Man City against Wolves. The penalty for. Ronaldo, which I thought was a penalty, but it's so inconsistent at the minute. It just seems like the refs sometimes look at it, sometimes they don't. It just seems like it's all over the shop. Here, here. I think I think they the refs. Have, everyone's just decided to go with the original decision. That's what what it feels like now to me. It's like we had so much controversy with VAR before, but they now daren't make any major Although, changes. They didn't on the that Robertson red card on Sunday, did they? Though that was overruled, and that was no more clear cut than the Kane one, in my view. So I don't know. I mean, you know that I don't like VAR either, Michael. So <laughs> I, I, I think I still think VAR is, is will will help, but I just have no faith in the people operating it. That's my. There do seem to be fewer sort of like tedious waits for offside calls this season. They I can't be like... bothered. <laughs> It's like, oh, well, I'd ra- and I'd rather that in a way than have to wait wait around three or four minutes the, for a decision. There was a penalty against was it Arsenal and West Ham? If mm. that's that, the next football, there's no way on earth that's a penalty in the red card. It's not. Was it, that Kufel's one? Yeah, it, oh. I know you, it wasn't the best tackle in the world, but he got the ball and then he clattered mm. into him. If if oh. if, a, if, a, if a play, ex player is watching that, there's no way on earth that that be given as a, a red card. No in fact, in West Ham have since come out and said they were told that they would they had been told it wasn't a red card, which is brilliant. It's like, oh, well, so, you know, that shouldn't really happen now. Like VAR should be able to make the correct decision in the space of a few, you know, in 30 seconds, Max. But there we go. Ex players on VAR then. Is that your is that your answer? Hux? Well, no, if, if somebody in the room, I think they'll get to a better on certain things like that. They'll get to a better judgment. Than just letting a ref, and then the refs come on after, don't they? Just look after the mates. Oh yeah, it's interpreted different. Just do your job, for God's sake. <laughs> Tell you what, Hux in Stockley Park. Let's make it happen. The world will be a better place. Yeah, your vote, Steve. If, if Hux wants it to happen, then I'd like to see it happen. <laughs> we definitely have less VAR complaining on this pod, then, wouldn't we? It'd be, it'd be a public service, Hux. So you'd have to say yes. Um, Steve, do you want to go for it? Yep, yep, sorry, cool. just get my water down first. No, no, yep. good, good preparation, let's go. Uh, I feel like A, I'm about to repeat what we've already said, and B, I'm going to make myself unpopular here, but 
Um, we don't need a striker in January. That is what we need because what what we need a goal scorer, but we don't need a striker. I, I feel like I may have already said this on this podcast anyway, but um, what we need is goals from midfield, and we've already said it. But I do think it would be a waste of money if we were to if we were to blow whatever budget we've got left on someone who ultimately will be second fiddle to Pookie because Pookie will start every game for the rest of the season if he's fit and should do. Um, and we'll only play one striker up front. So unless you're looking for someone to come off the bench and score with 20 minutes to go, or whatever, then you're better off spending it on a winger or a number 10. Oh, which is uh, you're not the first person I've seen make that argument. You know the issue with that? What? That is a damning statement on the summer recruitment. <laughs> well, and that's, that's the that thing, is. right? They spent all the money, well, most of the money on those positions in the summer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just... And it's basically saying none of them were good it. enough. Yeah. So um, we will see how that all pans out. I can't wait for January, obviously, as always. Uh, brilliant. I think that uh, takes every uh, takes care of everything. What have I got left on my list? I did just want to flag up. You'd have seen a lot of it today. And in the last few days, if you're a Norwich City supporter and you're going to be going to games at Carroll Road from here on in, uh, certainly over the winter, presumably that there will be games taking place, you do have to pre-register your COVID status in terms of vaccinations, lateral flows, you, in terms of your um, situation. You have to pre-register that now to be able to go to a game and you'll then be spot checked if you're going that's just basically to ensure that the grounds can stay open for supporters uh, at least until the government decide otherwise which obviously in scotland and wales they already have but you know little old england um for where good or worse right or wrong i don't know um but that is what they're doing so um make sure if you're unclear about what you need to do i would hate to think that you would end up going to the ground and, and not have it sorted the club are being really open in terms of making sure everyone can do it and how they do it so just check out the uh, norris city website i would say for all the details that you need um and if you want to ask any questions on it or whatever send, send me a dm and i'll certainly do my best to answer them on on twitter so um how, lo how long so does it take michael as someone who hasn't done it yet do you know how, is well it, likewise i haven't done <laughs> it yet i don't have, oh go on hux yeah it's, it's not as straightforward as i thought it was going to be you have to log okay. in and put in the cart and we'll see we'll see Okay. I've got my mum and dad coming to the game, hopefully, on Boxing Day. I don't know. They won't be able to do it, so I'll have to wait and see. <laughs> okay. Well, at least someone's tried it. That's good. I haven't tried it. I don't even know if I have to to be to be there as a journalist. I don't know. But um, You've got special privileges, have you? Surely. No, surely you would, wouldn't you? Surely. Like, well, I think we probably have. We prob yeah, I don't. We probably have to have done all that to get into the game in the first place, to be okay. honest. So, I mean, I've been doing it for, for years, it feels like. So, um, yeah. So, well, there we go. Um, I hope it. I hope it, you all are able to do it um, with a degree of relative ease or at least can get the support you need to do it. As I said, DMs are open if you need to ask anything. Hopefully it won't take you too long and it'll be easy enough to sort it out. But please know that it's there and that you need to <clears throat> do it to get to a game. Uh, I did just want to add my thoughts um, for the friends and family of Lily Kemp. Um, a Norris City supporter of 60 years. She was 91. Um, she passed away recently. Um, so thoughts and prayers, obviously, with her and her family. She was a, a proper Norris City stalwart here, there and everywhere. So um, 
well done, Lily, on, on a wonderful uh, supporting life of Norwich City. Um, and also the last thing I wanted to touch on was uh, I did enjoy watching Anel Hernandez come on for Middlesbrough at the weekend um, in some degree of football, uh, watching him with a really tidy finish, score a goal, take his shirt off, wheel it above his head for a good 20 seconds whilst the <laughs> offside flag was up. Uh, you know, nothing was going to stop him celebrating. So it was a, it was a wonderful moment, really, to take in. Um and obviously watching a game like that always reminds you just how poor the championship is compared oh, yeah. to Premier League. It's just incomparable, really. Uh, Danal Sanani scored a, a lovely goal for Huddersfield, I think, as well. Uh, quite a similar finish, actually. So there you go. A couple of Norwich City Loney updates there. Um, that is everything that we are not going to talk about tonight. So in that case, rather than bring up the halftime sting, we're going to move straight on to Centrefold. <laughs> In which we will review the year of the 2021. What a year, a year like no other. Or was it like 2020? I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, But it did take place. Uh, There will be a review of the year over on The Athletic over the festive period. But um, we should get stuck into it because it was has been quite a year for Norwich City. I mean, Steve, it's like, was it a good year or a bad year? Good year? Got to be a good year. Bad year? Uh, Typical year? Yeah, I just feel like it was every year now. It was like I was a year or two halves, you know. Half it was good, half it was bad. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if, if everyone else would, what everyone else would say about this as well. But like, I suppose you could also split it into two halves of being able to go to the games and not. And I don't know whether it's better to watch your team getting battered when you're in the stadium or you know watch them win from afar. I guess you know lots of people don't have the luxury of going to games anyway. Um, but so yeah, it, it's it's been great to be able to go back. First and foremost, um, I, I I was having a look at just before I came on at the results this year. I, I forgot actually, we won nine in a row <laughs> this year. We won nine football matches in a row, which I completely forgotten about. I've forgotten loads about the end of last season. Um, but that was a, I mean, that was a bloody good team. And lovely, you know, ninety-seven points is our is our record, isn't it? At, at um, is it at any level? Any level, any, any level, level, any Thank season. You. Yeah, yeah. So that shouldn't be forgotten about. And I think. I hope that season doesn't get lost because of the fact that there was no one in the stadium because that was such a great team. Um, It's just ever since then, really, we just haven't kicked on in the right way. Um, But yeah, it's it's been a nice nostalgia trip to look back at, you know, when we were winning games, when we were doing well. Now it'd just be nice to have that in a full stadium. But, you know, you can't have everything, I guess. I mean, to answer Steve's question, Susanna, which did you prefer? (laughs) It's a... Yeah, it's a difficult one. I, uh, I, I, I found I was watching. I, I spent most of my time watching the watch-alongs with Jack and Chris last season, and I, I found that monumental. It just, it just was fantastic just to meet more sort of supporters. So I, I didn't feel it was very different, but it, it, I actually felt more like a community vibe from from fellow Norwich fans who I've now since met and been able to go to games with and meet up with, whereas I wouldn't have had that before. So I actually. I don't know. I almost preferred, I guess, behind closed doors. But I don't want to say that because actually, I, I love going. I obviously love being there and being in the stadiums. But maybe, maybe if we won a few more and we weren't in the position we were in, I would feel a bit differently. But I, I did actually get to see two games last season live. I saw the Sheffield Wednesday game, which was the one open to two thousand fans in December. Well, it was December, obviously last year. And then I was actually, I had a flood in my flat, 
So I was in the Holiday Inn overlooking Carrow Road for the Reading game when we won. <laughs> so wow. I actually was watching the game. I was, it nice. was amazing. But I, I, what I didn't realise was the wind. You know the window for Holiday Inn. I thought that you could see in them because I remember a, a Norwich fan being in the way the away end once and getting carried away, and then he appeared in the window of the Holiday Inn, and then the security went and got him. So I thought everyone could see in those windows. So I thought, look, I'm the only fan. At the last game of the season, we're going to be champions. I held my my scarf up aloft the whole game. Anytime there was a corner, I was just in the window thinking someone's going to see me and know that there's a supporter there. And then my friend after the game said, you do know, because he, he works as a groundskeeper, and you do know those win- windows are tinted. Nobody could see you holding your flag up. <laughs> I was so upset. Yeah. I'll tell you what, some people managed to figure out how to open them because I've, I, there's definitely been a few I supporters can... that have managed to open them and, and chant from them. I, I, think I tried. I tried. There was no way to open those windows anymore as far as I could tell. Oh, there is no way to do it. They always close down these loopholes. Um, <laughs> how good was that team last season, Hux? Uh, very good. But I do think it's been tarnished by what's happened this season. Mm. I, I can't remember either playing or watching where you've gone from such high to such low in such a short space of time. Where we've gone from, like a lot of people said, I'm not having it, but greatest team in Norwich City history. People have said that, but I'm not buying that. To being the worst team in Premier League history in three months. It so, is mental. It's, yeah, it's really strange. I, I, I do believe that we've seen what happens when you play behind closed doors on both sides of it now. So we played behind closed doors in the Premier League and got absolutely battered because we, were, we weren't as good as the other team. And then when we played in the Championship against teams behind closed doors, it's worked in our favour where we've got the better team and there's no atmosphere, there's no, there's no nothing to bring the other team on. So... I, I think that's played a big part in the in the last two, well, not this season, but the season before and the end of the season before that. I think playing behind closed doors is good if you've got good players and it depends who you're playing against. So it's I just can. been really strange. I, I do think that last year's team will be tarnished because of what's happened this season. I think it was in 2003, 2004 when we went up. I think if we'd have stayed in the Premier League, which we should have done if we'd have got Dean Ashton earlier, I think that old two years would have been looked at differently. And I think it's exactly the same this year. I completely agree about behind closed doors football, by the way. And I have to say the championship last season was not a great division. And that's, that's kind of how I felt about it. It was the same with the, the playoff final win at Wembley. Like that should have been such a special occasion, but because the next season sort of unravels, you're Mm. like, Oh, and they were quite, they were quite close to that not unraveling that that year. In fairness, um, yeah, but there's, I think there's unraveling, and then there's what's happened the start of this season. Hmm. You know, there's a difference between being competitive and having a good go at it and just falling short. But but we haven't done that this season, have we? We've been no. actually, we've, we've been miles off it, and we're still in the hunt, which is the, the crazy thing. Um, and changed head coach, which yeah. uh, I suppose is. Um, I don't know. Did any? Did, I mean, Susanna, did any of us think that Daniel Farker wouldn't still be in charge come twenty twenty two? I mean, I always thought the four year deal was quite optimistic when they announced that. But <laughs> I was thinking four seems like a lot. Um, but I don't know. But 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 based on the record previous of, of his previous sort of last 
sort of Premier League, the end of the last Premier League season we were in and, and the beginning of this one, I, I don't think there was any other option because it was either that. Stuart Webber was really in a bit of a conundrum because if he stood by Daniel Falk and said, oh, well, no, there's nothing wrong with the management, well, then eyes turned to a recruitment, which was his purview. So he was either throwing himself under the bus or, or Daniel. Um, so it, it was kind of a no-brainer, really. <laughs> Uh, it, was, it was the bit where Daniel Farker was going to be the longest serving manager of all time at, at the football club. <laughs> that you're probably thinking, yes, four years is a would long that, time. Would, have, would that have happened if he'd seen out his contract? Would he have been the longest, yes. longest serving ever? Yeah, wow. at, 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 at the football club. At, not in, in all of football. Every, oh, no. In terms of it, Norwich, definitely. Um, I mean, what, if we want to go through some bests, best moments, best goals, or mm. worst moments, worst goals. I'm trying to think of some really bad goals. I mean, I was trying to think of best goals and trying to see if there were any from this season that could be involved, no. but I don't think there are. So, because there's only eight of them, for starters. Yeah. Norman's was good, wasn't it? Norman's was, Norman's was all right. Good. It was all right. Yeah, it was, it was all right. right. Come on, <laughs> 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 what a goal it was! Um, you know, um, yeah, Susanna, you've got one. I've got one. My favorite goal was, I think it, I think it was March, and it was Sheffield Wednesday. It was Todd Campwell's goal, which was assisted by Emmy. It was in that top corner. Um, uh, it, yeah, it was. I think we won. We won two one Sheffield Wednesday away. And Campwell's goal was just—it was just beautiful. It was just a masterclass of a, of a goal, and then Emmy obviously assisted that, and it was—it was a great, great one. Yeah, get out of the way, Ben Gibson. <laughs> I think it was, or whoever. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Down, that was that one. Yeah, yeah. That is a good goal. Any other? Any other candidates? Mm-hmm. Um, Wendy scored a couple, didn't it? There's one where it came over his shoulder and he hit it first, a first-time volley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did it a few times, but I can't remember who it was against. But that was, was Barnsley. At, Barnsley at home, that one. Yeah, Kenny McLean's real, long ball. That's yeah, right. pass. That's just sh- showing you what what it was all about, really. Um, we definitely there was one or two in that Huddersfield game, which yes. I think is probably <laughs> the best performance. Was there was a really good team on? I mean, I should have done a bit more research into this, but mm. I think it might have been maybe Dowell scored it. It was. Um, I think it was a nice one-two between. Emmy and Dowell, possibly. Great memory, Steve. It was. <laughs> well, I don't know. Was it? Okay, I'm really. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that that was the best. I mean, that, and that was the best 45 minutes of the season. Albeit that was a, a there was a caveat team. there though, because they were one of the worst teams I've ever seen <laughs> right. in, in that level. They were absolutely <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> I remember. I remember you being on the podcast. I think around that performance, and you oh, pinned well, it. I've never you, seen anything like it. it you was, pinned it on. Um, is it Carlos Cordero's white chinos? Yeah, white trousers. That was. That was why. Yeah, he's, that, he's still there though, isn't he? He outlasted Farker. Yeah. Who would have thought? Eh? He mm. did. He did. But then he didn't get promoted, so that probably helped. Yes. Um I love it. I mean, um yeah, that that I think that 7-0 is down as one of my best moments, obviously, because it doesn't happen very often. Um let's see if any of you have got out uh, got some comments out there that we can pull up. Let's see Paul M. Pookie's goal this season versus Newcastle was a belter. That is a lovely goal to watch in slow motion. Mm. So that's a great shout. A I, shout I love though. that one. Um, what else have we got? Christelle. Uh, and for that Dow goal, Campwell left a defender on his bottom bum in the lead up. I'm sorry, that's because we, we, we don't say the word bum in my house to my two, two little kids. <laughs> so I've literally auto-corrected it. Which, sorry about that. Um, there, there, there are a couple of crackers um so that's all grand um 
Do, was, player of the year? That's exactly where I was going to go. Uh, I was just trying to think of somebody who's been our best player of 2021 because I think arguably our two best players of last season have moved on. So I don't know whether you can include them. Um, but nobody's been that outstanding over the 12 months, really, have they? I mean... Can't we, go on. Go on can't we say Tim Tim Krul? I, I think everyone forgets that because he doesn't actually can't really yeah. score anything. And he does save our bacon quite a lot. We would be facing some terrible results if it weren't for him, quite frankly. I'm happy, yeah. I'm happy to go Tim yeah. Krul. Tim Krul, definitely for me. Really? I'd dread to think where, what the score lines would have been in some of the games Yeah. where we've been terrible mm. and he's... <laughs> he's made, he's made, don't get me wrong some games I'm watching I don't, I don't actually know if he can do anything else <laughs> uh, yeah maybe I, I, it would be tight between him and Temu I think uh, yeah. because without Temu's goals would be absolutely shafted um, and you know I suppose the the, lead, the Leeds second goal does rankle a little bit but I don't know I, I would hate to be contrary because that's just not my style so I think I think over the course of a year, I mean, and I know that was a fairly important goal given the circumstance, but over the course of a year, a goalkeeper's always going to, there's always going to be one or two of those moments. I, I do agree. Like, I think, I think Susanna's made a really good shout and that you kind of forget how important he is. And also think of, think of like the number of different defences he's played behind just this season and the fact that he's been a constant there every single game and an experienced head. I think I've been swayed. I would go cruel, actually. I think that's a good shout. Okay. Well, I'm outvoted, which I can take. Um, if I was to offer, a, a, as in, you know, BBC-esque uh, Norwich City personality of the year, I, I, mm. I, I posted this and I thought I couldn't think of anyone. So uh, <laughs> I don't know who um, personality what, 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 how Define personality well, it's if like, he's allowed to win it. Is it to have I mean, to be a player or anyone? It's like the BBC rules, isn't it, really? I mean, how do you define it other than is it someone who is, you know, really got a great sense of humour or, you know, someone who's achieved a lot? I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, for me, I'd probably go Hanley just because I think he's probably the only one who's got real mm. character and stand up and mm. let's have a fight, whatever's happening. I think a lot of other players, have, I won't say down tools, but literally sunk into the background. I think... He's not always played the best, Andy, but he's always there. He'll stand up and fight, and and we've we've lacked a bit of backbone through the through the through the spine of the team. I think when he's not played, can I um, can I nominate for the lifetime achievement award? Uh, as, and as he didn't get a mention earlier, Alex Tetty, because he obviously retired. Oh, there we go, beaten well, by Chris. Oh, also, I mean, that could be pers- <laughs> that could be Norwich City person. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, just, good old just give him it, give him it every year. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Um, I think that probably wraps up our review of the year, really, which I think we've done quite well. Given half of it's been a bit wretched, um, but you know, twenty twenty two is a new year. So what you know, what is there not to look forward to? <laughs> we'll in, just be the, near the top of the championship <laughs> again, won't we? That's, that's the way these things will get. we? Will we? Yeah, yes, we will. Right. Um, in that case, let's uh, let's move on up to uh, our final section of the pod which will be a little bit of motty this is almost fantasy football yeah it's a quick look ahead to um paint the picture of what we expect to see from norris city over the festive period now um there's obviously a bit of a caveat here in that we don't know what this is going to look like so we will just assume it's all going ahead um as i sit here right now i am expecting the arsenal game 
to go ahead. Arsenal have had a few COVID cases ahead of their EFL Cup game today, um, but it is playing. Um, and by all accounts, Norwich have got a few players back than the depths of things mm. last week. So hopefully we will be okay. But of course, you never know. Uh, so it's Arsenal at home on Boxing Day. It's Crystal Palace away on the 28th of December. Can't think of anywhere I'd rather be. And then New Year's Day is Leicester away. Um, uh, yeah. So, and then the pod will be back after those three. Um, is there the a part year. of you? Is there a part of you that sort of hoped those games would be off so you didn't have to cover them, Michael? I, I no, I don't think so because I would probably still have to write something. Um, so <laughs> then you know, it's it's nice to be able to watch some football and make a judgment than try and come up with something with no football, um, which I had for several months. Which is basically what we've ago. done on this pod for the last yeah, pretty much. minutes or so. Uh, yeah, indeed. Um, I mean. Uh, I don't know. Are they? Are they uh, uh, what do Norwich do with these fixtures, Steve? <laughs> well, ideally, win them. I guess that yes. would be a good place to start. And I think if they don't win any of them, then uh, well, we we are talking about getting cut adrift. Then I think what are we three points behind now, having played a couple of extra games. Yeah. Um, so I think I think it is kind of it's win or bust time. It's starting to feel like. Um, now you're going to ask me which one of them I think will win. Uh, <laughs> and I don't really know because I, I yeah, I, I mean, we, we tend to do okay against Leicester, but they seem to be coming into form. Palace, uh, decent at home. I'm not confident on any, on any of them. I, Arsenal seem to be clicking into gear, which is a shame because I would have maybe backed us a few weeks ago to get something from this, but I could sort of see us playing quite well in that game and a, a bit like the United game and not really getting anything out of it. So, um why not? Let's say we'll go to Sellers Park and win. There's a kind of mindless optimism that we need at this time of year, isn't it? We never normally do it, but why not? Why not this year? It could be a change. And we will have players back. So that, that's something, isn't it? I mean, the, the Arsenal game, Hux, I, I know they're in better place, but it, it does feel like the kind of place where they might trip up if we have a right old go at them and the crowd's on top of them-ish. Yeah, my, my, out. my worry would be that I watched Arsenal against West Ham and they've got pace and abundance in all areas attacking. And that scares the life out of me. I just I looked at what Mike Cash did to us. He was a right back, and basically he got in nearly ten times in a game as a yeah. right back. Yeah. I'm just thinking, what will Saka do out there? What will? That's my worry about the Arsenal game. Palace game, I think that'll be more of a battle. And I used to hate going to Crystal Palace. It was just one of them. Get, you go there, it's just a scrap. It's a fight from start to finish. And Leicester at home will be decent. So if I was picking anything where I think we've got a, a real chance of getting points, I'd say Palace. But not, not none of them games are where you think, right, where the favourites are. Mm. Susanna, what do your uh, Norwich City festive period pan, uh, plans look like? Um, well, what, what because I, I, I'm, I'm in Nottinghamshire at the moment, but um, I'm planning hopefully to go to Leicester, which will be fun. But I went in with it December 2019 when we came back to, to draw 1-1 and it felt like a win. It was a fabulous game and, and Leicester again were really on form then. So I, I feel quite optimistic. Actually, I feel if we're going to get anything, I feel it will come from the Leicester game, to be honest. Um, but that's a big big shout <laughs> uh, I, we, we love a big shout and we'll, we'll, take, we'll take it um yeah i suppose just some goals and some points mm. somehow maybe mm. it gets easier after christmas oh yeah no it does because norwich got charlton in the fa cup haven't they so hey. yeah that'll be that'll be easy and exciting um 
well, they are the three games. We we hope they all take place, and we mm. will be um, we'll be back the other side uh, to review them. I'll just have a quick look. I don't any comments uh, stuck out to you, Steve? But oh, I'll uh, Paul, try and have a quick look. Look. Paul's now. kind of um, now that Paul at the bottom at eight fifty eight has said it's basically summed up how it might go, which. Sounds like it might be about right. Plucky one nil lost to Arsenal, lots of positives to build on, yeah. and a two nil lost to Palace, which kind of feels like the fortnight that we've just had. Um, so that that might be a slightly negative uh, bit to end on, though. So um, sorry, I'm now searching. <laughs> so quick, slightly. quick, um, find a nicer one. Uh, I... May just be me, Michael. I've completely lost what you just said. There. Yeah, same here. <laughs> me too. That's exciting. Yeah. Oh, you're okay. You're I think back. we're back. We are back, yes. Whatever um, you just said, you may have to repeat it because I don't think anybody heard, but you said it was exciting, so you've kind of teed it up quite well. We heard that bit. Okay. Sorry about that. We'll, we'll co- hopefully this will carry on. Um, uh, yes, what I was saying is that uh, Paul M has has done a remarkable job there of predicting Norwich to fail to score twice uh, mm. as well, even in his optimistic, uh, in his optimism, uh, which I think it was. Uh, I'm not sure. Um uh, what else have we got? Um, oh, Craig Brooks. Hey, Craig. Is Tet's goal versus Sunderland the best goal scored at Carrow Road? Ever. Well, that's what he's asking. <sighs> Justin Fashion, you might have something to say about that. I think uh, me running past six players and <laughs> kick it anywhere and it could go anywhere <laughs> well we don't like, need to carry on that discussion because the man who scored one of the goals <laughs> has just said <laughs> i'm not arguing with him but thanks for the question craig top it's a good strike though it was a good strike but... it was it, you know what it was a great goal it was a great Absolutely goal and a great moment goal. for just, just a big um, swinger at it it was just fantastic um, oh, and Chris Moe has been in touch trying to read some kind of sequence from ncfc numbers christmas tree lights uh, mm. I, 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 is your Christmas tree trying to communicate a message? Yeah, it's all a massive code. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you know, it's, it's Chris is on to me. But um, yeah, um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. But you know, it's <laughs> it's there for those who understand it. So yeah, yeah. it's about VAR. That's the only clue I'm going to get. Nah. Well, I think in that case, um, and on that note, um, I reckon we call time on the 91st edition. And for the year 2021 of On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that plans would never, that doesn't make sense, the Norwich City podcast that would never turn down a trip to Selhurst Park. Uh, If you're yet to do so, make sure you subscribe via your podcast player of choice. It is, of course, free for everyone. Uh, The pod is available on your usual player. And we are now streaming the recording of the podcast live in video form on my social media channels. As you will know, just search Michael Bailey, The Athletic Norwich City and your preferred social platform and hopefully it will show up for all you all to enjoy. Uh, Ratings and reviews wherever prompted are always hugely appreciated and if you want to get in touch with any questions or topic proposals, please send me a direct message on Twitter. The handle is at Michael J Bailey. A big thank you to our guests tonight. Steve, thank you so much. A pleasure. Thank you, Michael. And Merry Christmas, everyone. You're a superstar. Thank you for all your hard work this year. Uh, Hux, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for making the time. Yep. Don't drink too much, people, over the festive period. (laughs) There you go. Listen to Hux. Listen to Hux. Uh, Susanna, thank you so much for joining us um, uh, tonight and, uh, and the other week as well when you were on. And will you come on again next year? 
Of course, I loved it, Michael. <laughs> Hurrah, brilliant. Thank you so much, Susanna. Um, thank you to all our guests over the course of 2021 as well. We literally couldn't do it without them. Otherwise, it would just be me talking to myself um, and no one really wants that window into my normal life. Uh, we'll be back next year with a fresh bout of Canaries Capers in more On The Ball Norwich City podcasts. Until then, Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and of course, never mind the danger. And we're clear, but still live. Just to remind everyone, uh, Steve, Susanna, Hux, all you Twitterkers out there, welcome to Wits End. If any of you have stumbled across this part of the podcast for the first time and wondering what earth is going on, then listen to On The Board Podcast number 42, which went live on September the 8th, 2020. And it's all explained there. You could email this bonus part of the podcast directly at twitterkers at iCloud.com or use the hashtag twitterkers, Twitter, K-E-R-S on Twitter. Just don't explain what it refers to because this is the secret club for only those who discover it. Um, it's probably going to be quite a short one to round up uh, 2021, Steve, but this is obviously the part of the podcast that uh, continues to be a raging success. Yeah, uh, and I feel like you saved the biggest technical glitch of the year till for the very last podcast, which is great. You've even managed to ride that out. Uh, consummate professional that you are, uh, it was like exactly. it never even happened. I, I, I think you should listen back to it there because it was, you know, it was quite it, funny. It just froze, did it? Yeah, yeah. We just like, yeah. You just went, Ugh, and then, <laughs> and then, and then came back and said, "That's exciting," and that, and that was that was all we heard. But um, well, um, yeah. yeah. Um, symptomatic of the year (laughs) yeah yeah um matt watling is straight in there by the way with uh yule fox um are we on christmas puns um, (laughs) give the people what they want and susanna wants it so you know there we go yule fox i've got a whole list i've got a list of puns i've been creating Oh, well, just 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 go for it and then we'll see we'll see what hux has got as well unless you want to get one in before susanna cracks into the list yeah not at all just okay. I've got I've got a whole list of like thirteen. I've got loads. Oh, I love this. Reel them off. I tell you what. Wait. Get, oh, go on. They get progressively worse though, and they're terrible. So right, Perfect. fantastic, Susanna. We're going to come back to them. We're going to come back to them. <laughs> Hux, I just I just want to get from Hux. Like, what what was the best thing about being a player at Christmas? Uh, I mean, did you with the like parties? Did you used to? I mean, there's a piece parties. Matt Jarvis. Matt Jarvis has contributed to a piece on the Athletic about Christmas parties and footballers, so uh, that's worth reading a piece about. No, but... the, the best bit's about playing every three days. That's the best bit by miles. <sighs> you must have had a Christmas party. Must have been a Christmas party though. Yeah, but it's normally started start of December. So it's the, the proper the proper games, and that's where it counts. Like the old days used to be brilliant. 23rd, 26th, 28th, 1st, 4th, brilliant. See, Christmas for you was getting to play more football. Yeah, because everyone was tired and I, I, I wasn't tired. I used to love it. it <laughs> 26th and 28th game used to be the best. It was, um, I know, I saw today online, it's 18 years today since that McKenzie double, uh, which was that the game before you joined us permanently, Hux? Obviously, there was a Forest game, wasn't there, where you were unveiled? I think on I the was. Pitch. Yeah, the Forest game was when I signed, but I think, was there a Derby game in between that? 
Yeah, maybe. Maybe there was. Uh, Nottingham Forest. Uh, Ian Ian Henderson scored the only goal. Okay. No, no, no. Um, no. no? no for, Matt, Forrest, Matt Spencer scored. scored. It was. It was Spencer. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Did, yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what. It was Ian Henderson's cross then. Mm. Definitely Ian Henderson's cross. And it was, um, it was Gary Holt's cross for that McKenzie header because I watched it this morning. I thought... Bloody hell, that was like a brilliant run and cross. I always kind of thought of Gary Holt as being a sort of, you know, midfield general, but that was a like just a brilliant bit of play. It was. It's quite weird, though, because he kind of just ran over to the sort of corner of the pitch and then yeah. no one defended him. It was like, oh, this guy can't cross. So, yeah. And then it was a peach of a cross. Great header. What a moment. Um, yeah. what, would, what would you have for Christmas dinner uh, or for Christmas lunch as a player? Hucks. Would you, I mean, would you be able to have, uh, you know, turkey, no, gravy, no, I'd, I'd, no, no, none of that. I'd have I don't know, chicken and mash or pasta. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't have Christmas dinner. Oh. You can't have Christmas dinner and then play next day, can you? <laughs> <laughs> I bet you a lot did. That's why they all look so tired. <laughs> no, Christmas is not for footballers. No, it's true. Um, do, tell me, you have to? Do you have? Do you have a proper Christmas dinner now? Yeah, and I go to pub the night before. I go to pub at lunchtime. Then I'm from Christmas dinner now, yeah. Do you prefer Christmas as a player or as a as a as, as a human? player? <laughs> no, as a player all day long. Best 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 time of year for Christmas. Oh, it's like the footballer's footballer. I love it. Sorry, Steve, were you going to ask a question? I can't remember now if I kept talking. No, 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 you've got it all covered. Well, I tell you what, um, James Hotkiss has been in touch. Darren Huckabry, essential part of the Christmas cheese board. <laughs> um, r- rumors are they were digesting that at uh, Downing Street. Um, in that and after and Paul Goodall's been in touch as well with uh, like this will be our spec this will be our Bailey's comet. I list. can only assume so. I can only assume that Sputnik is space related or not Christmas. Right? Unless Paul knows, Paul might know something yeah. we don't. But Sput- yeah, Sput- I mean, does that Sputnik that instead any- of Spencer? Is that what we're? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'd say. A push is a push, but that's probably a nice way to tee up for your list. which I'm now very excited about. Oh, God. I'm going to apologise in advance because they're really terrible, but that's what makes a good pun, I think. They're awful. Yes, let's go. So these are called Christmas puns, yeah? Christmas puns? They're Christmas puns. There's a lot of them are song-themed because I don't know. I was listening to Christmas playlists. Um, But the first one's Jolly Snavidad. Oh, Jolly Snavidad. Yes, love it. We've got The Hanley and the Ivy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's just about scans. This obviously this is old, but Russell Sprout Martin. Oh, that's good. Oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first Campwell. The first Noel. Yeah. 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 See, see, they get, see, they get, well, they get worse. I'm, I told you correctly. I'd move on quickly, Susanna. Yeah. Hux okay. is still with us. It's <laughs> the point when Hux <laughs> just cuts himself <laughs> off. We've got while Shakespeare watches Flock by Night. Um, nice. <laughs> Um, a partridge in a pear tree. Okay, Lovely. yeah, yeah. Lovely. Uh, Todd Reschie, Merry Gentleman. Rup on the Rooftop. Oh, Rup on that, the Rooftop. Is that a is that song? song? <laughs> oh, there's Up on the Rooftop is a song. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Oh, well. yeah, yeah, it's about rain uh, anyway. <laughs> how far down the list are we now? <laughs> <laughs> we're, not, we're, not far, we're not far away. You've only got, you've only got three more. Oh, amazing! Uh, so Let's this go. Is, Last three. This is this is a this is a double. This one's a double one. So it is the Sorensen to be jolly. Oh, um, nice. that's nice. I uh, like that. They're walking in the errands. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> and then cruel log. 
Nicely done. Nicely done. I like <laughs> Russell Sprout Martin as my as my favourite pick of the bunch. I think. Well, uh, James Hod- James Hotchkiss has been back in touch. Could have used the first O'Neill, which I think we um, might have done last week. I don't I know. Think I think so. that's a. I think that might be a fresh one. Surely um, we did no, Noel I, I Hernandez last week. Mm. I think we did Noel well, Hernandez maybe we did, last yeah. week. Okay. Uh, okay. What we didn't do was Jason Hayden's excellent effort. Frosty the Norman. Come Ooh, on, that's good. Norman. Yeah, Frosty yeah. the Norman. Good. That is good. Um, I think on that note, we should wrap it up. Uh, Hux is still here, which is which is good, I think. Is the wrapping done in, frozen? The, in the living room? <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, open, yeah. so I'm hoping everything's finished now. I ain't got to do anything else. <laughs> I mean, are they your presents? Do you have to like knock before you go in? No, I don't think I'm getting anything this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I hope that's not the case because clearly, but if for this podcast appearance alone, you deserve it. Um, but on this note, I think we're all done. I'm going to wrap up all the pun lists over the new year, hopefully in time for the next pod. That's a bona fide Michael Bailey promise, which I'm, most podcasts I don't manage to keep, but I'll say yeah. I'll do my best. I have a shocking track record. Um, but unless uh, anyone has uh, Kenny other business. Uh, just to say that if anyone is any spare time over the Christmas holidays to listen to Michael Bailey on Spotify, that's the discovery that I've made. Wow. <laughs> well, let's say that. <laughs> well, you have now. I mean, well, it's, it's good. I was listening. It's good. So I've, you know, I've just, giving you a plug putting your work out there thank you if, if you're having a tough yeah. christmas maybe don't maybe, maybe oh, yeah when you're feeling good yeah blue monday you've, you've like got that. room to come down yeah. um well thanks steve that's lovely uh i think that's enough kenny other business for this year um and indeed wits end um so therefore um we will now properly say goodbye so hux has been an absolute pleasure have a brilliant festive time and we'll see you in the new year what top yep. man um Enjoy Susanna. christmas everyone Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you so much, Susanna. Have a lovely time. Enjoy it. Thank you. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Steve, you're a superstar. Love the jumper, by the way. Thank you. Cheers, Michael. Um, Have a good Christmas, everyone. I I will do. Have a great Christmas. If if we can all say goodbye on three, that'd be great. One, two, three. Bye. (laughs) There we go. I'm going to look after that. It's all done. And we are done. Thank you so much, everyone. That is the podcast done. Remember, you can get in touch uh, by sending us a tweet with the uh, hashtag Twitterkers, as usual, or an email uh, via Twitterkers at iCloud.com if you want to get in touch with Wits End in future. But until next time, and indeed until next year, that's a rub. Goodbye. Happy Christmas. <laughs>